We're back with the Immersive yeah. Game Podcast. Uh, it's the last, I think, of the Trip Report series for the summer. Um, joining me again is Alex. Hi, how are you doing? We've been talking, so there's no point in going through. At Coaster, at Coaster Spotting on Twitter, rather. Yep. Uh, we were just talking about how uh, RCDB had posted a photograph that has changed the historical narrative of the theme park world. Of course, nobody really noticed the post from RCDB, so it's not really changing anything. But uh, apparently, uh, at Expo 58, somebody, this is Expo 58 was like a World's Fair in, in Brussels, Belgium. They had a steel coaster with tubular track. So who knew? Somebody beat Arrow to it and Disney. Who? We have no idea, but somebody did. Um, I wonder if it was who built all the early wild mice. I know I've I've looked it up before. Um, do I don't know off my hand. I know there's somebody has a website and it's like a Penn State website. Okay. That has like the history of wild mice. Huh. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm see if I can find it here. Um, very very strange. Yeah, here it is. No, 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 that's not it. I, I, I so clearly remember finding this website once, and they kind of went through the history of, like, when these started to get advertised in the mid-50s. Of course, they were building wild mice back then. Um, I think it was, like, 53 was the first time they started to appear in Variety magazine. But, but having actual tubular track is a very different thing, and it's, it's pretty complex-looking. Anybody out there is listening, um, you know, go on RCDB's account over on Twitter and uh, poke around at the media. I don't know how far back it'll be by the time we get this up there, but yeah, it was posted on the twenty fourth of August. So, yeah, very, very strange thing. I don't know how I even missed it because I'm I follow them. Oh, well, I mean, how many times by every single like person, even people of authority, you know, all the historians like from Ace or whatever. Everyone's always cited Matterhorn, like always, undisputedly. The world must know more about this thing now. It's it's an interesting looking track design too, because if you look at it, it's kind of like like the um, the Gerslauer Intamin sort of triangular track, but upside except down. The, except the spine is is the top, and that's what yeah. it's riding on. It's almost like a it's kind of like a single rail coaster, not quite. That's what they were kind of like touting about, like, oh, this company did this beforehand. Oh, and also Matterhorn, like before Rocky Mountain yeah, is doing yeah. things next year. But like, I don't think that's the big deal about it. Like that Mac did a single rail thing back in, I believe it was the first coaster they ever did. Uh, or Not the first, like one of the first. I know Wizard's Cavern or Broadway Trip or whatever you want to call it was one of their very earliest uh, steel coasters. Which yeah, is out of a lot of parts, like Cedar Point, uh, Palisades, and it ended its life, unfortunately, about 10 years ago, I'd say, at Casino Pier. Yeah, yeah. They I didn't want still to have not been on the replacement, which we have talked about. Oh, yeah. On the program. Uh, so I've only ever been on the original. I wrote it once, I think, and I, I honestly I don't remember anything about it. You know, they definitely tried to replicate it as closely as they could. Um, I don't think much was going on inside of that building with the old one either. No, no, it wasn't. And yeah, uh, everything that I know about the new version is that's a lot more comfortable than the original 
yeah. oh, trip thing because that was that was a really uncomfortable ride. I was young, so I don't know. And it was also dark, so it, it would have probably been dark inside of there regardless. So I, I just remember I had to ride with somebody else of roughly equivalent size, and it was clearly not made for that. It's kind of like when you ride with two adults in the one Herschel car. For, uh, I've done that. Mouse. So uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not something you necessarily want to replicate or spend no. a lot of time doing. Um. Anyways, last, yeah. Last time we talked, did you do did you do something last weekend? You went to Great Adventure, right? I always go to Great Adventure. If I have nothing going on, you know, I I need a I need a quick quick fix during the weekends, you know, so. I'll, I'll shoot up to Dorney for a couple hours or shoot over to Great Adventure for a couple hours. I actually did both this past weekend, but I mean, nothing really notable. The mine train has been having issues and I was really looking forward to riding that. I still haven't ridden it since they replaced like a 10 foot section of track. So they seem to be having a lot of problems with it. So, yeah, that's what I've been hearing. A lot of people are saying that it just hasn't been running very much or, if it is running, I think it's been running one train because there's been some sort of issue with the PLC, maybe. Either yeah. that or I'm confusing with Wildcat at the compound switch. I've heard that about it, too. Well, I haven't heard that open yet, so there's that. It, it opened. Well, what? Yeah, it just opened, uh, I want to say, like, two, three days ago. I think it opened this week, like, during the week. Oh, okay. This weekend, this past weekend, but yeah, it's open. It's running one train, and uh, they said that they they're not going to have the computers ready, the the control system ready to run two until next year. Huh. And they're going through and ironing out track issues, like in between it operating right now, to to keep huh. fixing stuff because I guess you know when they switched over to the GCI train. Um, nobody told them that there would be a difference in the amount of boards of track that would be necessary for it. So first they retract it, but then like they needed more more boards or something to that extent. Yeah. So they end up tracking it again or something to that extent. I forget what the full story is. It, it's been quite the thing, and it's August, and the ride was supposed to be open, yeah. like for opening in May. So. Uh, I don't think it was ever. I don't think they ever had the concept of opening for opening day, considering how much work had to be done. But definitely not August. Yeah, no, they were talking about it being trying to get it open just before I got there. Which yeah, was Memorial Day, and then I got there and the lift was like not even close. I mean, yeah, yeah. So uh, good luck to them. I've heard I've heard mixed things about it thus far with the new train. Well, you're not gonna. You're gonna lose the smex seat. Yeah, I mean that's automatically gone, and then that's unfortunate. You know, I've heard that the the ride has some nasty vibrations to it. That's uh, okay. So, I I'm just nobody's saying anything really good about well, that coaster right now. Well, you need a few more. You know, if it just opened, it hasn't even had a weekend over of operation yet so true true yeah so i mean i checked the website a few days ago and it still had that little testing thing um because i'm still on their still managed to get off of their mailing list i've been meaning to do that for a while <laughs> and then i'll and then I'll, as soon as i get off of it i'll, I'll probably buy tickets for haunted graveyard and be back on it again <laughs> virtually I, uh... like a 
On my I, iPhone, I can't click the unsubscribe button when you go onto their website because you can't. Anyways, never mind. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get their emails also. I get emails from everybody. I, I should. I'm really bad at unsubscribing. I get but, stuff. Like I, I used to have to pay bills for one of the research projects at Michigan State that um, they were paying to the, I think the National Hispanic Sciences Network, which is based at LSU. So okay. I still get emails about like donating money to LSU. And I'm like, I never went to LSU. I don't want to donate money to LSU. I never really <laughs> donated it in the first place to LSU. I, I would but say I like within the last year, I, I was getting sick of it. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm spending more time deleting all these emails than it would take to click this stupid button one time. <laughs> so I went through and like my, my email account went like significantly down, like to the point where I was like, is my email still working? <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of them though, that like, even though I'm like, I don't want this anymore. Then I end up like reading the emails anyways. Like I get ones from the San Filippo foundation. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's, it's this house that's owned in uh, the Chicago suburbs. Okay. And the owners are like, they're like the family that's responsible for like Clark snacks or something like that. Like some snack brand, Lance snacks. That's what it is. Okay. So like those peanut butter crackers. Yeah. I'm aware of them. Yes. Yeah. So like these, these people that have made like bajillion dollars, their kids or one of the kids has this house that's this huge sprawling mansion. And inside he has the only salon carousel in North America. Like he bought a full steam powered salon carousel from the early 1800s from Europe. And salon carousels are these huge carousels, huge, huge things with like massive fronts, like whole building, there's a whole building. This thing is like housed in and uh they're super ultra ornate like the only the only ones that anybody can go see there's a salon carousel i think at europa and the one i always remember is the one that's at efteling because the the carousel at efteling is over the top massive it's just unreal huge and uh so this guy has one and a bunch of like automated machines and the only way you can go see this stuff because it's technically in a private residence is they do like tours like three or four times a year. I've never gotten a chance to go. Um, but I, I always keep the emails, even though I'm like, I'll probably never go there, honestly. But it's like, oh, there's you can go for a tour on September 19th, a Tuesday at 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, I'll be in Chicago then. Totally. <laughs> yeah, let me head on over. And it's like a three-hour tour with demonstrations of music machines, a mini concert on the giant Wurlitzer, and a history of the items in the carousel pavilion. You know. Huh. And it's like, if you don't do that one, then you literally have to find 50 people and book it yourself for your own tour. Like, that's pretty much how it works. It's the Eden Place. I feel like I've seen a YouTube video of one of the YouTubers I follow about that. Or or I might be thinking something similar, but I I don't know. Yeah, if you look up the Eden Place Carousel. Okay. E-D-E-N-P-L or P-A-L-A-I-S Carousel. I mean, like, you look at this thing and you're like, what is this? Like, what on earth is that thing? And uh, he, he bought the whole thing, and uh, it's got the ticket booth out front and every aspect of, of what the salon carousel spell is supposed to have as far as what it would appear like at, on a fairgrounds is there. And uh, 
yeah, it's it's pretty marvelous looking. Not that I'm I'm not really a carousel person per se, but I always say that I know what a good carousel looks like, and that's that's a pretty good carousel. Sure. So the the trip I just did, uh, I was just in Canada, um, and I did write about this for Parkscope. But I wanted to you talk did something about the week before too. Oh God, where was I with the week before? <laughs> Man, don't you feel like, oh my God, I'm I'm just I'm too immersed in this. If I can't remember what I did a weekend before, <laughs> you went to, uh, I was in New York. You went to Two Flags Over Niagara. I did. But did we not talk about that? No, that was that was afterwards. Oh, that was before. Okay, well, all right. So first of all, we did. I did the New York trip with my wife. And oh, okay, so that one was so, something. I guess you probably don't need to talk about it too much because we did just talk about it. Yeah, we did just talk about, it, but there there is some different stuff that we did do, and there's you know I guess my observations of it as well. Sure, uh, sure. Plus, plus we get to talk about uh, not Martin's Fantasy Island, Fantasy Island. Period. Um, okay. So you know just. Real quickly for the backstory, you know, left the house Friday after work, drove through, because uh, I live in Michigan, the easiest way to get to Western New York is to go through Ontario, so you cross the border. We stayed overnight in the town of Woodstock, which is kind of a suburb of Toronto, even though it's like an hour away. And then we finished the drive off the next day going through uh, Hamilton and the Niagara Falls region. And, uh, you know, we got into the park on Saturday morning. And we got there for opening. We we had very smartly uh, gone to the Walgreens. Is it a Walgreens? I think it's a Walgreens. It's right next door to the park. Um, no, it's a CVS is what it is because I wanted to use an all-point ATM and they had one there. But they also had like $8 off coupons at the register. So bought our go. coupons, or not bought our coupons, but took a couple coupons, you know, basically ended up eating, I think, Lunchables in the parking lot because we were just wanting to eat something. Then we go down the park and, um, you know, Fassy Island, as was mentioned the last time we talked about it with Andrew uh, on the trip report, which is actually up today, uh, right now, as a matter of fact, I think, or about to be up today, um, you know, it has two sections to it. You have the part that has the old sort of carnival attraction and which is which is the newer part, closer to the freeway. I think it's right over by I ninety. I want to say, and you have the uh, the older part, the part that's the two flags over Niagara part, which is this sort of classic storybook sort of area. And we walked in. It, it had been raining earlier, so at this point it had stopped raining. So we walked in. We went sort of through the old part, and then there's a little Wild West section that connects the two, which is the canoes are kind of at the end of that. And then you get to sort of the carnival zone, if you will. And uh, the wood coaster was not running yet. Went back to the Crazy Mouse, uh, which is the Zamperla version of it. And that wasn't working either. They told us, you know, come back in 10 minutes. So we're like, all right, whatever. So then we ended up crossing all the way back across the park, and our first ride of the day ended up being on uh, their dog-themed wacky worm. Oh my god, I love that dog! <laughs> I think it's a good one. You know what? There's, I would say it was. It, it's not the best wacky worm I've been on for sure. Like it had a, had a has a block or not block break, but a trim break going down the one drop on it. Well, they all do. Yeah. Um, well, no, nah, not all of them. Not every single one. It depends on the manufacturer. Pretty much everyone I've ridden has. It just depends on how hard it is. But yeah. anyway, it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, it doesn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things. But no, I just thought the dog theme was kind of it's kind of different. Yeah, it's cute. It still has like the flowers that are around on the turns, but you know, the dog is cool. Like there's another dog one that's uh, owned by one of the Chicago showmen, and that's I've ridden it. I believe I've ridden it at uh, the um, Minnesota State Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it usually makes it up that way too. Yeah, it does. It does at least some of the independent circuit. That in Wisconsin are two independent midways. It's called the uh, the Puppy Express. Yes, yes. God, yeah, the best Express name ever, right? Cutest name ever. Such a good name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> matter of fact, when I rode that, that would have been like two, three years ago. I rode with uh, Mike Parker and uh, Scott Schaefer from Upstop Media, and we were like <laughs> the first people in line. And uh, you know, the guy walks over to the gate and he looks at us. You know, uh, and he's like. Please don't break my ride. And we're like, <laughs> we'll try not to. We'll try not to. Um, anyway, so so we were, we rolled the wacky room first, and then went crossed all the way back across the park back to the Crazy Mouse. And uh, they opened it, and we got on. We were like the. Let me see. I don't think we were the first car to go, but we're probably like the second or third total. And um, I messaged you about this when I got back because... Uh, okay, I didn't know if you were going to talk about this. Yeah, yeah I'm going to talk about it. Screw okay. it. Okay. So it's, it's a fact. Um, okay. So we got to the block break, and we stopped dead, and we were not moving. And I recognized pretty quickly that we had, we had e-stopped. And uh, as I look back, I see there's another car that's stuck on a block. There's There are multiple blocks on roller coasters, for those that don't know the terminology. And I don't know why you'd be listening otherwise. But basically, the way the blocks work is that when you enter a block, uh, the blocks are between sets of brakes. And the idea is that the brakes are supposed to stop you so that cars don't collide. Well, two cars collided on the block that's located uh, just before the last turn going back towards the station, kind of. So there's, there's basically a set of switchbacks where the car is in a free spin mode, and then there's a, a short drop and an airtime hill, and then a turn comes back to the station. Before that airtime hill and the turn, that's where the block's at. That's where the cars hit each other. Not going too fast. Uh, but they definitely collided. Uh, and I got to hear curse words come out of the operator's mouth. And um, anyways, uh, long story short, uh, what we learned about Fantasy Island, formerly Martin's Fantasy Island, if those signage still exist for Martin's Fantasy Island in Fantasy Island, is that Fantasy Island, because it used to have mostly... Tim- oh, you there? Yep. Okay. I don't know why I dinged back in for you there, but... Um, yeah, not that sure. was Wi-Fi for a second, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. So the thing about um, the thing about Fancy Island is that because the area that the Crazy Mouse was in used to be all carnival rides, all temporary attractions that would move and go to South America or Central America and the Caribbean during the wintertime, those rides don't have infrastructure that they probably would at most permanent parks, like a phone. So the operator had to leave and go to the nearest food stand to call for maintenance and management, uh, which we thought was a little troubling. And that actually kind of removed my overall enjoyment of the day and of Fancy Island. Like usually 
when you see, I mean, it, it's a minor accident, but it's an accident that portends bad things. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to throw them under the bus here because I, I don't know the situation. Maybe it could have been a manufacturer thing. I don't know. Um, but, you know, when, when you see something like that, it, it kind of disarms you a little bit from being like, yeah, I want to ride the Gravitron. Where I know well, yeah, I mean, it kind of like it's like two major failures, and like it's like okay, one bad thing happened, and then a second bad thing happens. Yeah, yeah, and it's like we were lucky that the car that got pushed out of the brake when it was collided with didn't hit us, since we were pretty close to the end of our brake area or, or our our brake or a block, I should say, because um, it very easily could have happened. I mean, we we had been into a brake that was in an e stop, so it was fully closed. Um, so we weren't that far into the brake run. So, yeah, I mean, I think about like, okay, Gravitron, the walls of the Gravitron, you know, have X number of pins that have to be set in position properly. Otherwise the door flies out and you go shooting out the end of it. Um, yeah. How do I feel about them now? Yeah. The wood coaster I felt fine with. Um, as a matter of fact, their wood coaster is running really well. Well, there'd be a lot to have to go wrong for something to go wrong on something built by PTC. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot would have to go horribly awry. Like, and even if something did fail, you, you know, <laughs> there's so many backups in those things. They're built like freaking tanks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ancient technology, but it's, it's also ancient technology because it works. It has worked for 100 years. Um, and, you know, I will say, Silver Comet is running really well. It's tracking fantastic. It feels brand new. Wow, okay. That's, I, don't, I don't remember it being rough when I wrote it, but I don't remember it being particularly smooth. But I was, I was very impressed. I was very, oh. very impressed. I think, I mean, it, you know, it, it still has limitations. I mean, the ride itself, I know it's based on the Comet, which was a Schmeck design. And it was, this is definitely really? not- I, I don't see any comment in that ride at all yeah i i i i feel like it's it myself it's just kind of like it, it's more of a twister than anything but it's not really a twister either it's just kind of like if anything it's like great white without the beach yeah yeah yeah. that's a good way of putting it yeah and it, it, it doesn't it doesn't have the long run of airtime hills that great white has either right um which doesn't help it i mean you've got the section leading up to the very first turnaround, you've got some airtime, and that's pretty much the end of the airtime. There's one good lateral jolt that's always been there uh, on the last turnaround towards the station uh, for the final run. But it really, it, it's it's not a bad ride. It's it's very much like, I guess, people like drinking a Blue Moon, like. If you like beer, like Blue Moon is palatable, like you can drink it, but it's not something that you get like really excited about. Like you don't see Blue Moon at a tap versus 20 different beers that aren't Blue Moon and go, wow, Blue Moon. No, it's just, it's okay. Decent ride. It's not as good as like, like Viper at Great America is a better ride. Oh, that's a great ride. It's a great ride. That's like um, one of the most underrated wood coasters in the United States, in my opinion. Or, or like, uh, I mean, Lake Mont's not open this year, but Skyliner is a better ride. Because even though even though both are fundamentally flawed and that they spend a lot of time not doing all that much, the things that Lake Mont Skyliner does are a lot more interesting than what the Silver Comet does. 
you know, um, Great White's a better ride. Um, Excalibur is a better ride up at uh, Funtown Splashtown. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to like to, to bag on on that, but I guess, you know, one of my things, I guess, with that park just in general is like, I, I go in. By the way, I want to point this out too. The cost of a one day admission is the same as a season pass now. What? Yeah, they're both, I think, thirty six ninety nine at the gate. Is that because it's later in the season? I, I don't know. I, maybe that's part of it. But I remember looking at that and being like, huh, that's interesting. That's one way to guarantee people to return. Um, and th- there's a lot of little things about that park. Like Another thing I want to point out, we took the train ride, at least half of it, because uh, there's, there's two stops on the train. The train stops over by this area under the Silver Comet, like behind a couple games and stuff. And when we took the train, the two flagpoles from which the two flags over Niagara are still there I mean, they're big flagpoles. I mean, you don't really notice them unless you look for them because there's no flags on them. They're just like tattered, um, like rope attached. <laughs> but it just kind of was like, like, why are the why are there two flags here? And then my wife was like, two flags over Niagara. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a single like item that's been placed there, which is that like Gulliver. I assume it's Gulliver. That's supposed to be strapped down. But it's just, it just kind of looks like somebody had like a big standing character that fell over. And it's just kind of laying there by the train station. And that's really the only character you see of any sort. Like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a park that, that, you know, some parks are better than the sum of their parts, right? Like, if I explain to somebody, um, Trying to think of like a, a, what a good example is of a park that's better than its parts. Um, give me, give me a couple underrated parks here. Help me out, please. Um, uh, um, why are you putting me on the spot? I don't know. I'm sorry. Fun, uh, fun town. <laughs> Honestly, fun town. Fun town, splash town, or yeah, uh, it's just yeah. It's, it's just up in you know it's the furthest reach. It's I think it's the most it's the most um, well if you want to count the other one that's right near it it's one of the most uh eastern Palestine. parks in the united yeah, states let's not, let's not talk about that place yeah you know what that's a good one actually that's a good one if you sit there and say okay it's got a wood coaster from the late 90s it's got uh an sms tower with an absolute gorgeous view yeah the, the first of all the drop tower they actually like spent money to theme that thing yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I mean, they did too of Excalibur too. So I mean, yeah, they did. They, they, you know, there's like a castle for Excalibur. There's um, like the bridge over there that kind of feels like you're crossing over a moat, even though it's just like a little river or stream, yeah. whatever. The log flume there is really good. It's got some solid flat rides. Like that's that's a good ex- yeah, that's a good example. That's a good one. Yeah. On the other hand, like if I was to say like a park that's not quite the sum of its parts, like Barnes Fantasy Island is definitely one of those parks, like where you just you look at it and you're like. The constituent pieces of this park say I should like it a lot more. Like it has canoes, has a good wood coaster, decent wood coaster at least, uh, from a manufacturer I really like. It has some interesting flat rides, uh, which I did basically none of them. Um, Like the Gravitron, for instance, has this huge devil character. They used to have a rotor. I think it was like the Hell Hole or Devil's Hole. They created this, this really saucy, like, 
somewhat sexualized Satan that like stood next to the rotor and they kept him when they replaced the rotor with a Gravitron. So it has like funky elements that again should appeal to me, but then it's like, you know, when your stuff doesn't open on time, the wood coaster didn't open for two hours after opening. Oh dear God. I would have wanted to have been out of there by two hours. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we had to leave and go eat across the street at some pizza place and come back, and then they opened Silver Comet. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, and that's after everything else that happened, like being stuck on the Crazy Mouse for 15 minutes. Um, they had, uh, was it, uh, You Got It, I think, is the name of the game. Now I have to look it up again, um, which is kind of like a fascination-y sort of thing. And, yeah, it's just like, it's just it just doesn't, it doesn't actually match what it should be, and it's kind of depressing. I don't know if that's a thing that's an apex problem since they took over the park last year or what it what it is, but um, yeah, I was not not too happy with it. So so that was that. That was that park. Um, no, I mean it will continue to operate. It's not going anywhere, but it no. it doesn't really. There's, I don't think the populace really, it, there's nothing, there's no reason really to expand it. I think they could use something like a Eurofighter or something. That would be neat. But beyond that, there's really, I mean, it serves its purpose. That's it. And there's there's no need to really add another wood coaster, that's for sure. No, 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 no. It's, it feels like it needs more like like stuff for kids. Like, that's the direction they should go in. Actually, you know what? I will point out, they have this really cool Herschel Swan ride that has a really wacky motion with the vehicles that I've never seen before. I guess it's from the early 60s. And uh, that was pretty fantastic to see. It's, I got it, by the way. Do they saw that huge slide? Uh, dry slide? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they okay. do. Yeah, it was I not... I don't know why I'm asking. I mean, it had but... rained sometime in memory so of course it wasn't open oh, okay thing's massive that's all i was just pointing out that's all yeah. oh yeah it's a huge slide so we headed out from there and we went down and we checked into our incredibly mediocre hotel room not incredibly mediocre but it's a red roof in the red roof in hamburg new york that night and then uh we headed up to the erie county fair which is one of the largest county fairs in the United States, I want to say it's right below LA and San Diego county fairs. Um, <laughs> it's, it's over a million people a year, generally speaking, um, in Hamburg. It's, it's basically like the fair for the Buffalo area. Um, and the, the midway is brought in by the good folks over at Strade Shows. Strade shows for those who don't know anything about carnivals, and that's probably the majority of you, and I don't blame you necessarily. Uh, they're the last remaining train midway on the country. And what that means is that as a midway, uh, they basically pack up and the whole thing moves by locomotive. They have their okay. own locomotive, and it takes them everywhere. So, um, yeah, I'm looking it up. Actually, last year, Erie County Fair was just a hair under a million, 985,000. Uh, but they had they had an off year also. They were the 19th largest fair in the United States, uh, second largest in the. 
Anyways, uh, I have not seen Strade shows, and they have a big adult coaster for me to ride, which is a Zyklon of, I think, 1970s heritage. So naturally, we had to go over there and uh, check things out. And, you know, it's, as, as carnival rides go, the thing I'll say about Strade shows is that their flat ride selection, which is really what carnivals typically excel at, is not all that great. Um, they don't really have a lot of super modern, like big spectacular things. Uh, you know, you're not there. There wasn't a single KMG piece that was there. There was nothing from uh, Technical Park, I don't think. Um, they, uh, think have, they had some really impressive and really big music rides that they clearly take good care of and that are probably way bigger than what's usually out uh, traveling. Usually stuff like Himalaya rides, a lot of the, the big like three and four trailer Mac ones used to be like, you know, the centerpiece of, of Midway in the United States. Those have been replaced by, you know, one and two trailer versions by companies like Rebershawn. And this is the way bigger, like super heavy duty version of, of the music rides. We've had a couple of those. Uh, so anyways, we rode the Zyklon. We ended up riding their Wacky Worm, which did not have a block, any sort of trim brake, I should say, on its massive five or six foot drop. And uh, actually was, was in fantastic shape. It was probably the best Wacky Worm I can recall riding. And on the whole, as it's a fair, you know, you don't really go to the fair just for the rides, just to get coaster credits, uh, even though that's kind of the impetus for us to go. There's a lot of stuff that happens there, and I would say, honestly, that the Erie County Fair is probably one of the best fairs that we've done, uh, and I've done a lot of fairs. So, you know, it, it has a lot of shade, there's a lot of trees, a uh, lot of really cool buildings with different exhibits. Um, so if you're in the area in western New York, and you've never gone there for some reason, and like to, you know, go on some rides that aren't garbage, uh, particularly if you're interested in like 1970s, 1980s type like big iron rides, go check out Strati shows and definitely go spend some time over the becoming there. Highly recommend it. Um, and then just before we came home, uh, Sunday, I woke up and got over to Waldemere Park for opening. Oh, I had no idea you went. Yeah, Sweet. yeah. <laughs> so I also went to Waldemere, and uh, Waldemere was a blast. Well, you probably had a better time than I did this year. Yeah, it's, you know what, it's... Shall you want to know my story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really quickly? Yeah, you go so ahead. I, I met up a friend who, he, he grew up in uh, Buffalo. He now works, he now uh, lives down in uh, Chattanooga. But he was going up to, you know, visit with family and everything. And he was like, you want to go up Darien Lake? I'm like, I don't have any real reason to, but I guess you just created one for me. So, Okay. <laughs> So we went there, Darien Lake was, you know, cold and rainy and we had a good time despite that. But, you know, we, we decided half days, he was like, I don't, I don't think we can do Darien Lake all day. I'm like, yeah, me neither. So what the hell else is open around there? Like nothing. Like he's like, well, Waldemere is open. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we were very unsure if they were going to stay open and all that. And we call right before we leave Darien Lake and then we go and eat at some taco place he was talking about. like. And it, he, he loved it. I thought it was, you know, average. And we should have then maybe given another call to Watermere. Okay, we get there and it's like, I don't know, like five, like four or 45, and they're supposed to close at like eight. We get there and 
I'm like, are you guys still staying open till eight? And we're like, we're closing at five. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. So yeah, we got, I, I rode a ravine flyer once, just paid for, you know, one ride. And he rode, uh, I don't know, the, the steel dragon comment wasn't even open. So yeah, that was sucked. <laughs> All right. Well, I had an appreciably better time than you did. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, I don't think it can get any worse than that. <laughs> First of all, also, I want to point out, so so when I was at the Erie County Fair, and I didn't realize how big of a thing it is out here um, in western New York. So I mentioned the game I Got It earlier, which they do have like a, a set of tables at Fantasy Island. And in the coaster enthusiast scene, it's been kind of like handed down from generation to generation, the love of fascination. Uh, which is this electromechanical game from Lord knows when, probably the 30s or 40s. Uh, apparently the mob used to have fascination parlors. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it was, it was like semi-rigged back in the day. But the one that's at Knoebels today is, is run perfectly legitimately. And um, essentially the, the, pur- the purpose of, of fascination is it's kind of like bingo, where you roll a ball up this this wooden ramp, kind of like the games where you like you roll a ball into a hole and then it makes a horse move. The same in practice, except you're trying to get like five in a row or four corners or fill the card or whatever. And it's it's fantastic. I love fascination. Well, I got it. It's basically like a variation on fascination, bingo, whatever, where you have these small rubber balls that you throw into a five by five hole square. And try to get five in a row, and then you win tickets. So it was like 50 cents a game. They had a bunch of tents, and the tents were jumping. There were like 80, 90 people playing at each one. I mean, it was huge, huge at the fair. So I'm like, yeah, screw it. We might as well try it. It's like Fascination. We like Fascination. I won my very first game. Um, <clears throat> so we ended up playing like 10 more games, and I didn't win anymore. But I at least came away from the fair with two coaster credits for my uh, my track record, and then also a blanket. So big ups. Uh, here cool. So <laughs> Waldemir. Um, the last time I was at Waldemir was 2009. And since I was last there, they completely redid the parking. They redid the gates. Um, it used to be that the park had an entry gate that was in the middle of the park like literally in the middle of the park where you walked in and you went past rides and the entry for rides and exits for rides before you got to the gate, at which point you could then get a a wristband and a hand stamp, a really big globby hand stamp. Huh. I I thought they always had both of those entrances. It just, I typically always was on the water park side. Yeah. I, I parked on the water park side for the first time ever. I parked, usually I parked on the other side, Okay, I'm like the exact opposite. Like, I didn't even know you could like barely because like it's like there's not much of that parking lot left. <laughs> yeah, the, well, that was the issue that I had in '09. Is like there was there were no spots left, and up parking in the grass on the okay. road leading up to it. And, anyways, and and so anyways, they moved that gate kind of outside of the park rather than in the middle of the park where it used to be, uh, which I think is greatly to everybody's benefit, and. They no longer have the hand stamps. They they still have wristbands if you want a wristband for all you can ride. Or you can utilize a cashless system, which was quite the thing to see. They have these things called Wally cards. 
they're preloaded with credits. The credits roughly equate to, I think, $1 equals one point. And you can also use the points not only for rides, but for food, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yep, they, they do it. Uh, they do it because they don't want any of the tenants to be handling cash. Yes. Yeah, that we figured out pretty quickly. Yeah, it's um, a very good way to control money. <laughs> yeah, it, it reduces their shortage. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, good for them. But, and it's also, it's impressively, like, technologically advanced for a park in, in you know. So it's either the wallet cards or you can use credit cards at the, the food stands. So. Yes, yes, but no cash. You cannot use nope, cash. No cash. At all, uh, pretty much. So, except at the machines to buy Wally points with. Right. So the other the other thing about Waldemir is that it has a tiered opening. So the water park opens at eleven. Okay. Then the dry park opens at noon, kinda sorta. Okay. Because a bunch of the, the big rides don't actually open till one. Okay. So at noon, the first thing that we lined up for was the wacky shack. Which is that's not a bad ride. thing. Get those dark rides that out of the way. Yeah. yeah especially because it's well the issue is that you can only go on the Wacky Shack at noon, and then Pirate's Cove opens at 1. Okay. I both remember them both. I, I like both of them, if I remember I think, right. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah, yeah. I love them. Uh, Wacky Shack's a ton of fun, and uh, <laughs> actually, I, I, I briefly considered being a really mischievous and bad person. Uh, the ride operator had left the key, like on the railing like where people were standing and i'm like sitting there like what is this key and i pick it up and i look at the keychain it says wacky shack on it and i'm like probably shouldn't have left the op panel key sitting here in a in a guest area but i'm just gonna put it back over in your zone and hopefully you pick up on that um so so we hit that first then because Pirates Cove and Ravine Flyer didn't open until one, uh, we went over and did the Sky Ride open, so we did the Sky Ride, which is okay. You know, not they have like the nice. Every time I ride the Sky Ride, I, what I take from it is they have the nicest the landscaped convoy ride ever. Oh my god, the convoy ride! You know what? We were we were mad because we're looking at it, <laughs> and, and you're just like, that can't be that. It can't be a convoy. <laughs> Convoys, con, for, those, for those listening that don't know what we're talking about, a convoy ride is basically a children's attraction that usually packs up onto one trailer that looks kind of like a coaster. Actually, somebody that I know in the coaster scene counts them. What? Disgusting. Oh, my God. That makes counting powered coasters like, okay, which I think it is. But there, there's a video of him riding this... this uh, Hello Kitty themed convoy in Japan. <laughs> so if not the coolest ever hears it, I'm sorry. I just no. It's a freaking car ride. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you you ride you ride convoys and you count them. Don't. Wow, that's sickening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're just ill. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, but so they have a convoy that's like a permanent version of a convoy that's anchored into concrete and has bushes and a tunnel and. So much is going on that's good with that ride, but you can't ride it because it's totally intended for children. Um, well, you could. You just... I wouldn't fit, I don't think. Uh, uh, no, I mean, my friend fits on those convoy rides. Like, when I go, he doesn't fit on my stuff. 
but he fits on those and i'm like oh, go ahead i don't like it's like the one ride that i'm like i don't care if i ride with the kids and like every other ride is like i want to ride the other ones i'm like convoy i don't give a flying <laughs> so we've gone to like three parks and every time he's like i'm like go ahead <laughs> no you're absolutely right though it's the best looking convoy ride anywhere on earth no but it's funny because like it's so weird that like they there's like convoy rides like essentially like like um great adventure has one it's um it, it, god what was it before it used to be monster trucks and then they did the wiggles world thing and they rethemed them to like the big red tr- big red car yeah, or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically the same ride system if i'm if I'm thinking correctly, right? right? Yeah. And Cedar and, Fair and, has but, them. They have monster trucks. So they well. have other options of different type of vehicles they choose, but they decide to choose the big rig trucks with the nice scenery that you're, the big rig trucks that, with the nice scenery <laughs> that you're going by. I'm like, it just doesn't fit right. It's so weird. Anyways, yeah. I'm so sorry for that tangent. I've been thinking about that forever. <laughs> I'm so glad that this is, this is the first podcast in, in the theme park world that has broached one of the most important topics, which is the convoy ride at Waldemere. At Waldemere, yes. <laughs> it, so, it just stands out so much. It it's just so weird. As soon as you said that, I go, oh, my God, the convoy. <laughs> we, spent, we spent, like, we literally stared at it when we were eating lunch. Like, who did this? Well, you have a lot of time to think about it because that sky ride goes very slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, Between the sky ride and then we ate, we got uh, pretzels. And uh, and fries, and I got like a hot dog or something like that. And we ate it at the the tent. We're not tented, but covered food area right next to it. And we just looked at it. Oh, by the way, I don't know about you, but Waldemir, underrated food. Yeah, it it has actually like a surprising selection of food, and it's not bad. I I, I mean, not the best in the state because you know that other park, but yeah, like the other park. But uh, it it it's really good stuff there. Like, it also has, a, it has the potato patch, but it's not the official potato patch. Yeah, but they're just as good, just, if not yeah, better. It and they have, like, the, the waffle things. And... Yeah, and then uh, the, their chili dog is really good. Uh, their fries, uh, everything that I've had there has been excellent. There's a lot of food stands in that park. Like, I did not remember how many there were. There's a ton. There's yeah. A ton. I always, you know what, I always, for, I think I've now finally gotten over it, but it, it I always forget how small that place is. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just, it's not very big. It's compact, for sure. Yeah. Very compact. Um, we hit Comet. Comet was running two trains right from the jump, which, you know, how could I complain about something like that? Uh, the one thing I'll say about cashless systems or ticket systems like this is that anytime you have a ticket system that encourages to varying degrees uh, not going pay one price to buy individual tickets. It encourages parks to run more trains because more trains, more vehicles equals more revenue. Sure. Which is not the case when you have pay one price and you sell things like fast passes or, uh, you know, the QBots because then you're essentially incentivized to not run full trains, full capacity. So, you know, that's that's another great thing about, you know, going to Waldemere is you're constantly seeing them, like, move stuff. And rides are going, and rides are pushing people through as fast as they can. And there's motivation there to make money, which also is motivation to please be as the guest. 
Um, they they also have a tough operating season. They have a short season, so they, they have to really have to. They gotta get everything in then they can because they're pretty much. They're done. They're done after Labor Day. Yeah, I mean, they. they I, I think they're finally like because I think it was opening day when I went in. What was it like? Early? It was like mid April, but I, I think. That, I mean, up until recently, they were like they were Memorial Day, Labor Day. Yeah, they need to. They really need to expand into October. The weather there is so sketchy, though. That's true. I mean, right? it's, it's really close to Lake Erie, like really close to Lake Erie. Yeah. So. But but you know Cedar Point runs until November. Yeah, yeah. They probably could. I, I don't know if they want to take all that on though. So. Yeah, that, that's a lot. Um. God, what else? Did, obviously, we did Pirates Cove, which is there. You got to realize that, that that area does shred a lot on tourism from. Um, Oh, that national park. We we went to it because we had nothing else to do when they closed at five o'clock. I was like, oh, finally, let's Tom go down. Ridge, uh, center, whatever it is. No, no, the island down on the uh, that's out on the lake. Oh, okay. What's it called? Oh, god, it's like the biggest state park in Pennsylvania, for God's sakes. I, I forget the name of it. You see it from from the top of um, Ravine Flyer too. It's yeah. a huge peninsula off of Lake Erie, and it's it's beautiful. So. Anyways, anyways, um, I'm just looking at the the list of rides that we we actually skipped the train this time. I usually do my transport rides, but I don't think I've ever done theirs. I, I didn't even know they did that tiered thing because I I usually always go for the the after four or five mm-hmm. price. So yeah, I I had no idea until we got there. We're like, oh, okay, well that you know doesn't change things that radically, but makes it makes it so we have to adjust our strategy a little bit. I always mm-hmm. kind of thought that we were going to go to, to the Wacky Shack first, just because I know it's the lowest capacity of anything that we were going to do, but I didn't realize I'd be riding or going to Pirate's Cove like an hour afterwards, because that's when I could. Um, Did you mention how uh, Ravenflyer 2 is running? I'm getting there. Yeah, that's... Okay. Uh, you know, we did Comet, first of all, and I want to mention Comet was running really, really well. That's uh, nice. I know it's a junior wood coaster, but it it, it felt pretty substantial. It felt. I, it's. I believe it's the biggest of the PTC juniors built. I totally buy it. Yeah, it, it definitely feels bigger to me than like Sea Dragon at Wyandotte. Oh yeah, definitely is bigger. Yeah. So. Um, so Comet, uh, Comet Two, or I'm sorry, not Comet Ravine Flyer Two, uh, which naturally came after Ravine Flyer Three. Because but, of things worked out. But after um, Ravine Flyer 3. What's up? <laughs> but after Ravine Flyer 3. Yeah, it was after... Well, Ravine Flyer 3 was built like 99 or whatever. Yeah. After they had announced Ravine Flyer 2, but Ravine Flyer 2 wasn't finished until like 2007, I want to say. Yeah. So that's how things work. Uh, Ravine Flyer 2 is their Gravity Group wood coaster. And... Uh, I clicked off about five rides inside of an hour on it. And uh, I, I would have probably gone on it even more, but then my wife probably was going to be mad at me. Oh, I already man. had to buy her Dippin' Dots <laughs> while she was waiting. <laughs> but but the wait was very short. It was basically a station wait with two trains. So, awesome. You know, it's not, it wasn't that bad. Um, as far as how that ride's running, in my opinion, I thought it was running great. Um, 
you know, I, I don't think there was anything on in terms of the tracking that that stood out to me that was that the trains were doing something particularly bad that it shouldn't have been doing. Um, I love the layout for the ride for the most part. Um, I would say, you know, if, if I had to sit there and, and break it all down as to what I thought sort of my top tier wood coasters would be, I don't think it would be at the very top tier. Like, I feel like, you know, Legend, Voyage, uh, I would say probably Boardwalk Bullet down in Texas. From when I experienced it, um, you know, if I was thinking of like prime versions of rides that don't exist anymore, like Ghost Rider circa 2000 or 99 would be way up there for me. Boulder Dash is way up there for me too. Um, <clears throat> it would be just short of that. I mean, it has, it has a lot of really good stuff to it. And the only thing that, the only caveat I have about Ravine Flyer 2 as a coaster is that the layout and flow of the ride is clearly like a modern CCI gravity group type of ride where there's a lot of intensity pretty much all the time. It's constantly doing things, you know, high angle turns, like very high angle for coasters, big drops, you know, very sharp, pronounced airtime. But there's a lot of periods where it just has these pauses. Like when it hits that 90 degree turn before it sends itself back down into the ravine for that sort of last third of the ride, it takes that turn at like 25 miles an hour probably, I feel like. Like it's not, it's not like it's a super high impact, high angle turn in the same way that it is on Hades or Voyage. I love it for that though. I guess our opinions are different. I'm just no, but I love it for that because with 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 uh, Hades, well, Hades, unless you know it's nine degrees, you don't know because it's in the freaking dark. Right. With Voyage, you're just whipping through everything. You you, typically don't know what the hell is happening, but that one it just goes so slow through it, so it actually gives you time to realize, oh my god, we're like ninety degrees. And I love how it just like drags right down the the mountain again, like scraping the hill practically. I love it. I could definitely like I was talking about you know um, a silver comet being like a blue moon kind of ride. Like this is more of like again using the beer analogy. It it's a much more stout, much more impressive ride. It's it's still not like a top tier like this is the ultimate wood coaster that this is the kind of thing that I you know really adore and this is this is what i'm all about but it's like just below that like it's to me i guess it would probably be a top 10 ride um maybe if i had more experience with the gravity group rides that are over in in china it would be different but i don't uh and those are the only rides that i really see as being significant challengers that and maybe um tremors that i haven't been on in the world that are wood coasters so um and I, I don't see any of those rides getting anywhere near you know, Voyage for me personally. So, no, they uh, all look great. Um, I'm sure they all are great. But like, and all the the smaller gravity groups, you know, the Switchback, Roarsaurus, and Wooden Warrior, they're all great. They're all fun. Yeah. yeah. But they're not. Um, you know, they're like top twenty five rides, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna go with the ranking, like you're not. 
they're not they're not rides probably for that, me like, top 50 because you know i've ridden like 150 wood coasters so it's like yeah yeah it's like I, like look i really like wooden warrior right and i'm glad that i wrote it when i was there in may but i also don't feel like uh i really missed a lot by not going until this year sure Whereas, like, as like, i said i, I, I was like i didn't before we didn't have time to do a wristband, so I was like, I don't even really feel the need to pay five dollars to ride it right now. <laughs> right? It, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good ride, and I I like it. I like it plenty. But it's, that was also me kind of being cheap. But you know, right? But, but it's just, whatever. The, the point that I'm trying to make is like those those are good rides, and the, and there's even very good rides. Like I mentioned, Viper at Great America, where I probably could have gone on it this this last year when I went there, but I didn't just because it was kind of like inconvenient. And rather than inconvenience myself in any way by spending another 20, 30 minutes at Six Flags uh, in Chicago, I just decided to not ride it. Um, huh. You know, Ravine Flyer 2 is is a step above that. Like, it's, it's not quite in the I want to go there every year or every other year category like Voyage is, but it, it's interesting to me, I guess. It, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I, I mean, I hadn't been in a few years, so I was kind of getting that itch, and it barely got scratched because I got one ride where it wasn't running very well. So, but, but, uh, you know, but also, oh, you're probably closer to it. I don't know. You're probably practically six hours from me. Yeah, then I'm closer than you are because it's about <laughs> five. It's right about five for me. I mean, it's, it's probably five, five and a half. It's it's right around there. It's not the shortest trip, which is another reason why. You know, we, we haven't gone there since 2009. I was paired well, with something else. Like, I, one time I did it the night before going to Cedar Point. And one, then one time I Conneaut, and then there, so. Yeah, I've done it in, com- that's usually how I've done it, is, like, in combination with Conneaut, which is nearby. But I, or, I don't really uh, want to go to Conneaut. One time I went to Midway a thousand years ago. Um, and did Midway. Oh, yeah, they did that, too. Yeah. It's a cute park. Yeah, um, from the. 20 minutes I was there. <laughs> it was actually, it was a cuter park when they still had the roller rink running. I guess they just kind oh, of okay. closed it off. But, uh, At least it's one New York park that's owned by the government that's actually making money. Oh, it does make money? From what I've heard? I think it does. I think it, it, well, it's not losing as much as that other one in New York. Well, the other one that's losing money in New York, it's, it's partially the fault of the people who have historically managed it. Yeah, anyways, we're talking about Rye. Yeah. I don't know why we're being so hush-hush about things. <laughs> sorry, Rye. Sorry. We still love you, I swear. I do. Uh, but, you know, we just wish that you had been managed better the last 20 years. Um, yeah, yeah, you so, had so, something worth writing. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, yeah, Not that Dragon Custer is bad, it just doesn't do much. But, yeah, you know. but we did ride the Paratrooper as well, which... You know, another thing I'll point out about uh, Waldemir is that as far as flat rides go, like, they run some pretty good cycles on their stuff. Okay. So, you know, for a paratrooper, like, lengthy cycle, good speed, pretty happy with that. I think literally the only thing I've ridden flat ride there is um, the disco. <laughs> so How is the disco, though? It, it looks decent. Unlike any other disco. They're fun. Yeah. I love them. But, They've got a lot of statues out there too. But that was uh, th- that was kind of before I had ridden a lot of discos, so now I'd probably skip it. So yeah, 
But I would, and then the drop tower is absolutely the drop tower is obviously absolutely fantastic. Oh, the ARM, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean those are always great. You know exactly what to expect from those. So yeah, just again, always, always referring to these people that are listening to the podcast. ARM drop towers are the superior drop tower. It's just a fact. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the truth. It's American made, number one, in in Ohio, if I remember correctly. But more importantly, the fact that it's fabricated by possibly union hands, who knows. Um, The way that those magnetic brakes are set up to stop the car is so late. (laughs) So unbelievably late. First of all, it releases the, 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 the system that pulls you up to the top releases the second you reach to the top. So there's no delay. There's, you just, at some point, you hear a sound and you start falling. It took me forever to actually figure out when the heck we're driving. I, I pretty much now can figure out when we're about to get to the top just because they're all the same height. So it all takes about the same time, but forever. Oh, man. I, I still get terrified on them. The first one I was Knobles, and I was like, ooh, look at, look at flying turns, look at flying turns. Drop. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you're used to other drop towers, when you ride them, if you're used to any drop tower, period, you know, first of all, it's, it, you're, you're going to be terrified because it's, it's, it's a drop tower, and it's, it has full, like, real free fall. But even if you're like well acquainted with everything else, like Intamin drop towers or SNS drop towers, like you don't start breaking until probably how, how, what twenty twenty five feet off the ground. It feels like, yeah, I don't know. It, it might be higher than that, but if like you're you pass the point where you're used to having the ride slow down, and you just keep falling, and there's like a moment, a very brief, instantaneous moment of panic that sets in. That you know, unless you ride it repeatedly, it's going to be there uh, until you really get used to it. But they're the they're the best drop towers by far. Yeah, it's like ARM towers, then Zumanjaro, then drop tower at King's Dominion for me. So that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I also I'll say um, I like the Fabri ones too. Uh, okay, I don't think I've done one of those. Are the, there any? The no They've got like a circular. Um, cabin or, or gondola, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Rather than like a squarish one like ARM has. And actually, uh I think it's an Amarillo now, but the Moser drop tower that used to travel with Conklin shows the drop of doom. Is that the one with like the like diagonal supports towards the bottom of it holding it up? I think so, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's really good also. That yeah. one was extremely extremely good but i haven't been on it in like 15 years so um, i don't know yeah this is such a tangent i'd probably be talking about this in a future trip anyways but um falcon's fury biggest disappointment ever for me really yeah it just didn't scare me it doesn't even feel like you're really falling that much i mean the the looking straight down we're talking about falcon's fury intimate drop tower down in Bush Gardens, Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. It's the top, and you tilt ninety degrees, so you're straight, you know, looking straight down. But I don't. It doesn't. Doesn't. I don't know. See, I like. Um, I, I guess the, the stand-up drop towers are really terrifying. Like, possibly the point where I don't like them. You gotta really know how to ride those correctly, especially if you're of the male priority. 
Yeah, because you're you're hung by your crotch. Right. If you if you do it right, you're perfectly fine. Uh, more than like three rides in a row, then you're like pushing it. But like I've done like three in a row, I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> um, so, anyways, that was that was my Waldemir experience. Even if you don't get crushed with those, yeah. even if you know the bits don't get crushed, it's just after a few rides, it's just not very comfortably being held by that area of your body. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's it's like your your whole body got, is being supported on a bicycle seat. Yep, by itself, just the bicycle seat. There's no pedals or or anything. And of course, then you're tilted, what, 10 or 15 degrees at the top? I mean, it's, of it. it's, yeah. Anyways, it's so many tangents. Yeah. Very, lots and lots of tangents. So that was, the, that, was that trip, uh, which was two weeks ago. And then this past week was my Ontario trip. Which was, he did a really good, first of all, you should probably tell people, he did a really good write-up that you can find on um, partscope.net. Well, obviously, that's the podcast you're listening to. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, you know, if you're, not, if you're not just listening to this off of iTunes, uh, check out check out the actual website where sometimes I write words read them, and uh, it's probably about as long as the actual podcast to read it. But <laughs> I try to give an explanation for people that don't know anything about the coaster hobby, kind of what people in the coaster hobby do. Uh, yeah, it was fun because you know honestly, if if you don't know that that we do stuff like count roller coasters or what the counting means or why people count or why people stop counting because not everybody counts. Lots of people stop. Good reason. Um, I should stop, but my OCD is probably never going to prevent or, you know, prevent that from happening. You know what? So. I, I, I was, I said I was going to stop riding kitty coasters after I hit 500. Right? Yeah. I, I've been reading your blog and it seems like you've been going back and forth a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I stopped doing it for a while and I wasn't riding wacky worms at all. And Eventually, I kind of got back into it. I would say last year was really when I started pushing. We started getting on more kitty coasters because I was trying to get to maybe I was trying to get to eight hundred for this year. I was just trying to like I was like, well, let me knock out a ton of credits. The easiest way to do that is get credit kitty coasters. Of course. And um, you know, after I've been doing it for a while, like I've 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 kind of been enjoying it. A lot more. You become numb. It's also a lot funner to do with 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 someone else who's you know like a friend. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in this case, to Canada was a solo trip, so um, you know there there is a little bit of a weirdness about going to a bunch of kitty parks and riding coasters that are intended for four year olds. Yeah, there's one where I'm so like, oh god, I, I want to get it because it's the only coaster in Rhode Island, but it's like I know I only fit in the front seat. It's going to be so embarrassing. <laughs> the one in Musquamakit, right? No, uh, it's Atlantic Beach Park in what's it called? Um, they may list as Narragansett, but whatever. Musquamakit Beach. I I want to say I might have found that one for RCDB actually. Okay. Um, I used to go. I used to go to Musquamakit a lot as a kid. My uh, my uncle had a trailer on the beach, and I remember you'd go on the beach and you. would You'd look right, and you'd look down the beach, and you would see the the glimmering lights of this sort of magical amusement park off in the distance. Yeah, the carousel and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, as a, when you're like six years old, it's a lot more than just like a carousel. But then, you know, when I went back years later, I realized it was basically a carousel 
a couple of, uh, of kitty rides and, uh, you know, an arcade with borderline antique games from the early 90s, you know. But anyways. Playing Ivan Stewart's Off-Road and stuff like that. Um, but it's, you know, it's... Uh, In a few weeks, we will find out if I did that or not. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> so the Ontario trip, you know, as I, as I wrote about it, uh, you know, I'll just kind of quickly go over some of that stuff because obviously I wrote about it. So you can read it anytime you want. Um, you know, the major parks that I hit up, I did the Bayfield Fair, which was kind of a random stop. I almost stopped at the Western Ontario Steam Threshers Festival. Uh, what? I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to get my data to work in Canada yet, so I couldn't figure out where the festival was located, even though I was in the town where it was at. And based on what I read later, I couldn't, I don't think there was any, there were any coasters there anyways. So I didn't miss out on anything or even rides. It was just literally like steam threshers and, and tractors and horses pulling concrete blocks and stuff like that for 20 bucks Canadian. So, oh, it sounds like a southern thing in Canada. They they do them a lot in the Midwest. There's um oh well okay. If you read some of the pieces that I've done, like there's ones in Nebraska and Iowa, and usually like those places, like anything that's involved, a, yeah, I got my geography messed up. Yeah, it's more of a midwestern thing. Anyways, yeah, anytime anytime you've got steam, it seems like steam begets interest in trains. So usually there's like miniature trains that are involved or carousels and things like that. But I don't think there was any of that there. I couldn't find any info about it. So I stopped at the Bayfield Fair, and I was hoping to get a coaster, and I did not get on the coaster because there wasn't one. Uh, it was a pretty limited lineup of rides. They had basically a, a portable convoy-style ride. Um, they, had no a they had a powered dragon wagon, uh, which is why I said there was no coaster there, and a berry-go-round. Yep. And that was it. It was like four rides. Actually there might have been there might have been a couple of like kitty rides at the front too, so maybe six rides at most. Like four games trailers, a couple food trailers, some people playing covers to a crowd of like fifty people in folding chairs. How did you even spot this place? <clears throat> there was a um there were signs when I was passing by uh, okay. that said Bayfield Fair. And I was like, well, let me just drive towards the center of Bayfield, and if I can find it, I'll go. Usually it's the Ferris wheel that's the beacon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, do, 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 do. Like, there's a fair. And so, I, you're, like, like, you're driving down the highway, you're like, trying not to crash. Is there a coaster? Is there a coaster? <laughs> yeah. And as soon as like, I drove past it, I was like, okay, I see lots of free parking. So if I, if I don't have to pay for parking, that's a huge help. Yeah. And I can justify yeah. parking the car and then walking over there. Because sometimes it can be $20 just to get into the gate with parking yeah. and admission. Or yeah, more. In this case, it was 5 bucks to get in. Yeah. Or, or $22 to get in and get Ribfest. Oh, Ribfest. And I passed on Ribfest because I was thinking, oh. I'm going go, to stay at my hotel in Walkerton, Ontario, and I'm going to go out to the bar, and I'm going to hang out with the locals of Walkerton. That's going to be some great stories about rural Ontario. <laughs> and so I shouldn't fill up on ribs in a suspect area like Ontario. Like no one ever says like the great ribs of Ontario. So of course, when there was no coaster, I realized like I should have clearly gotten the rib fest ticket instead had ribs. Um, 
I did end up eating at this place. It was called like the 919 or 910 Bar and Grill in Walkerton over by the Best Western, which was like filled with, not filled with, but like the employees were like hipsters. There was nobody actually in the bar. There was like one game of pool being played in like a back room. There were like five, there were maybe seven or eight people there there total. So it just was not happening. Walkerton was not partying. Walkerton does not go hard. I'm sorry. Um, but I did get a decent pork chop uh, when I was there. So the next day I did four parks slash family entertainment centers before I had to get to my Airbnb in Brampton. So I did Storybook Park in Owen Sound, uh, which is a small storybook park. Surprise. And uh, it was pretty clean. It was pretty decent. Had uh, a lot of these little booths that you set up and you press a button or you walk up to it and it automatically triggers the scene to start playing. Um, there was one with like a witch that would uh, talk to you and, and basically be like, Hello kids, welcome to Storybook Land. Get closer to me. And I was just like, this is really cool. Uh, sounds like your 50 Storybook Land type. Exactly. Thing. I mean, Storybook, Storybook uh, or Storyland. Like Storyland, yeah, Storybook Land, Storybook, all those places. Um, the coaster, which is a python pit from a Maryland Jeepers, did not open with the park because it had been pouring rain right up until the park opened. And so when the park opened, uh, you know, I went in, the rain stopped, went back to the coaster, they had it all covered up. The employees that were supposed to run the rides in the back of the park, there was that, a merry-go-round, um, lots of merry-go-rounds in this region, probably because they're super cheap. And some sort of scrambler, like it looked like somebody had seen a picture of a scrambler and then tried to replicate it with scrap metal. It did not look like an official Eli scrambler at all. I, I wasn't, it was not, it also wasn't a sizzler. It was just like, I don't know what it was. Uh, like it was like the first scrambler. I don't know, like the prototype. And then there was like a, some sort of other flat ride. I can't recall what it was. It was probably like a, flying elephants type ride. So they were all hiding in the berry-go-round because the berry-go-round has fully enclosed cars. And I spotted them and walked past. I stood over in the queue line for like two, three minutes. Nothing happened with the coaster. They weren't leaving. So I walked over. There's an indoor haunted house that you can walk through. That was pretty decent, you know, for what it is. A lot of parks, it feels like every time I'm in rural Canada at a, at a strange amusement park, they have a walk-through haunted house. Um, the places up in PEI have tons of them. Um, Shining Waters, Prince Edward Island has like five walkthrough haunted houses. I don't know why. <laughs> so uh, they're they're everywhere. Like every park, every park up there has walkthrough haunted houses, or like the main attraction is one. Like uh, the Grandfather's Mansion, I think is what it's called. Um, that's up there in PEI. Anyways, back to this park. Eventually, I come back out, and I'm like, you know, I'm an adult. I'm 34 years old. I'm a grown man looking to ride a children's ride. Um, there's no shame to begin with. So I might as well just go up to the operators and be like, hey, when are you going to open up the Python pit? So I did that, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll go over and open it in just a second. So they, they started, they test ran it. Uh, they tried stopping it, and it went straight through the brakes because it was wet. And they were like, yeah, when they dry off, it'll get better. So they load me and a bunch of children into it. and. Uh, as we go up the lift hill, all 11.5 feet of it, 
um, <clears throat> it starts pouring rain. So basically, I got my one lap on the ride. And again, it went straight through the brakes, had to be reverse the chain to get it back in the station so we could all leave. And uh, I didn't care because I got my one lap in and I got to leave. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can't beat that. <clears throat> Next place that we, I stopped at was uh, Blue Mountain. I, I may or may not have ridden that one. I, I, I <laughs> You're not sure? Well, there were three of them in Maryland, and I, I, like, I went back to my old website on archive.org, and it said that I rode that one, but I thought for the longest time I rode a different one. So whenever I go up to Canada, I'm probably just going to ride them both just to be like, okay, yep. And now I know I did them both. <laughs> Definitely got one of them. Yeah. Whichever one was yeah. missing. I so think I, I, think I might have done that one. So I stopped at Blue Mountain Goat Carts. They have an Alan Herschel uh, Kitty Coaster, which is in, Those are fun. It's in pretty decent shape. I guess it's the older model, so it's probably dates from sometime in the mid 50s. And, um, you know, very small family run operation. Uh, they had. They also had a berry go round. However, theirs was no longer operational. They had like removed the cars from like a couple of the arms of it, just kind of placed them around as like seating areas. The mini golf course they had. So, um, yet another berry go round. Um, but as far as the kitty coaster goes, inoffensive. The area that it's in is really nice. Um, I've been up there before when I rode the Alpine coaster and it stopped in November. Like 2015, and uh, well, it has uh, random Nickelodeon properties on the front and the back of the train. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job getting a wrap for it. Usually, um, <laughs> parks just allow that to decay, so that's good. Um, then it was about a two-hour drive uh, past Muskoka and Bari to I think it's called Brace Bridge in Ontario, where Santa's Village is at. Uh, one of 8,000 Santa's Village parks in the world. None of them associated with one another, but um, easily the most expensive park of the trip. When I walked up, like the ticket sign had like individual ticketing options and then also like an old day wristband. So I'm like, well, I just really need enough tickets for the roller coaster. And they're like, well, you can buy that many tickets, but then you still have to buy the admission. And I'm like, you mean the 39.50 admission? And they're like, yeah. So I'm like, but that comes with all the rides already, doesn't it? And they're like, yes. So I'm like, there's no point in me buying tickets in addition to the all-you-can-ride wristband, is there? And they're like, no. So I don't know what that was. What? Like. Yeah, exactly, right? So I paid like $40 okay. to get into the. Yeah, yeah. We have a ticket option, but it has no purpose whatsoever. Um, okay. So I paid forty dollars Canadian, yeah. uh, which I think is like thirty something U.S. for a kids park to ride a brand new SBF Sparrow in the summer. Um, I know Peppermint Penguins Winter Coaster, whatever it was. Um, it was good. I mean, it's, it's what it is. It's a it's an SBF. Visa Kitty Spinning Coaster, one of 10,000 that have been built. Uh, yeah, Three-loop model, which I do not like as much as the two-loop. Yeah, it's... But, you know, it's not an embarrassing ride. That's the big thing. No. It's not embarrassing. I'll, I don't mind them at all. Uh, the so. park also has a powered coaster. 
which is like Santa Sleigh Coaster or whatever, which is a really impressive custom powered coaster. Um, I don't usually go after power. Have you done the one? So you you haven't done the one in uh, North Carolina then? No, I've not done um, Disneyland. Okay, I was just trying to figure out how how big it is in comparison to that one. So yeah, I can't I can't compare it to that. I would say, um, the biggest powered coasters I can think of off the top of my head are all like international ones, like Tivoli's. And uh, was it Fantasy Island? Skegness has a really big power coaster, like a really big power coaster. Um, and I know, I know the longest one is in on the France shore somewhere. Can't remember which one of the fun fairs it's at. Someone's been reading Bannister's trip reports, haven't they? <laughs> yes. You know what? I almost uh, went there. Did you read? Okay. Okay. I actually, yeah, I read that trip report today too. So. I, I read it. I read it yesterday. But I actually, I almost went there. And there's actually a piece in the Park Scope archives that I had started on about the parks of the Côte d'Azur, and I, I tracked down all of them. There's like 19 or 20 parks there, man. Jeez. I, I went on Google Maps. And uh, and did a lot of Google searching as well, but I, I basically I basically did a, a search on Google Maps of the entire coastline of France and uh, picked up as many as I could, and I, I starred them all. I actually have them all saved, all their names, and I have the list of all of their coasters. So, and they're all pretty much all of them are open from eight p.m. until two a.m. Throw that out too. Maybe one day. I'll oh, post. that's not. Oh God! Why did you get to tell me that? <laughs> no, because I, before I was like, I'm not going to waste time at these parks. I, you know, I don't honestly like when I go finally do international stuff. I, I don't, you know, it's United States is one thing, and I guess Canada too. But when I go international, it, it's going to be you know, it's got to have at least coasters, and or I mean, it, it, it's got to at least have four coasters and. It, you know, if it doesn't have that many, then it has to have something significant. So I'm I'm looking it up. Actually, you know what I have. But I have, if they're open till two a.m., you can just pair that with one of the parks. <laughs> I actually have a document on on my Google Drive that I should share with you with a list of all of them. Mm. And I actually I have it I have it mapped to their location on the map. There's one. Two, oh, if you three, have the four, coaster. I'm sorry. If you have the coaster count dot you know com app, they have an option where you can just map all your credits and you can actually just map the credits that you don't have. So it just shows up everything and the whole world just pops up right away. I was thinking of like coaster coaster does that too. Have you ever seen that? Nope, but it's very good and it's terrible for OCD because I want to get all those little boxes off the map. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a couple. There's one. There's there's a park called Babyland that's right over by this aquatics facility that's in the south of France. That all the rides are for twelve years old and under. Babyland day, okay. And of course, it's only open. It's open from two to nine, and then they break for dinner, and then they reopen from ten to midnight because it's your. Who the heck is bringing their kid to Babyland until midnight? <laughs> 
But I actually, I tracked down like all of the hours and when they were open. I did a preposterous amount of research. And then, because I was going to rent a car and drive to Andorra and then this stuff and then and Monaco and then come back to Barcelona when I did my trip earlier this year. And then we ended up flying to, to Stuttgart instead. So, uh, and there's a toboggan. There's a chance toboggan out there at Luna Park Carnon. What? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll share it with you later. Anyways. Um, so uh, we did, uh, I did Santa's Village. Um, there's a train there that's really good. Um, oh, cool. I love me a good train The one attraction that I really wish I got a chance to do, and I just, I, I was not going to have time for it, is Santa's Summer Sleigh, which is a jet boat tour that goes down the Muskoka River. And it looks like it leaves once an hour. And huh. It's like a fairly lengthy, like 30 or 45 minute ride. So um, it's a very scenic area out there. Um, very nice, very nice region. Uh, the tree, the park itself has some really tall trees, really well forested, really nice looking park. Um, both it and Storyland, Storybook Land had attached like camping. So they kind of have like on property stay aspects to them, oddly enough. Um, and also I've, I've been seeing a lot of kiddie parks that have campgrounds attached. Like those two both did, and then so did um, Donnelly's Wild West Town in Chicago. Hmm. I can't like not think about all of them sort of combined, sort of weird. There's a conspiracy to have like campground and kitty park that existed in the fifties or that. Dutch Wonderland does too. Oh, see there you go. There's another one. And um, I instantly thought, oh my god, I haven't been to Knobles this year. <laughs> tragic, tragic. Uh, uh, don't worry. I'll, I'm going to be t- probably two visits in October this year. So yeah. I went way too many times in the last few years. I just kind of need a little little break. You know? break. Yeah. All right. So last last stop for that day was Neb's Fun World, which is in Oshawa, and it's uh, it's basically a bowling alley with an attached uh, huge building in which they have rides like go karts and kitty rides. Um, like there's a kitty in the Himalaya and then there's a, uh, another Jeepers coaster, the one from Rockville, Maryland there. Which I may, and, may or not ridden. So, and, and they put that on like a platform above the go-kart track. And then the whole thing is like in a steel cage. I know. I look at your picture. I'm intrigued. So you walk up to it and the, the operator is outside the steel cage and he opens the door for you and lets you in. And then you go on the ride and then, the ride operator then leaves the steel cage and like locks it behind him. So uh, as far as a coaster goes, it's, it's basically identical to the one that I went on earlier in the same day. I uh, think it was identical actually. So yeah, it was the train, yeah. the train was different. The train had instead of the individual or the, the big single lap bar, they pull the pin that you pull out. So yeah, that's what it's it had like the the pneumatic restraints and and individual lap bars. Individual yeah, lap yeah, bars. real locking mechanism. <laughs> well, these are the things that I notice are the individual lap bars versus single lap bar on on not wacky worms but python pit. Um, that evening was spent at the Sam Vargas versus Ali Funica boxing match. Shout out to uh, Prez AVK and uh, man Jimmy Tobin, Jet seventy nine on Twitter. Uh, had a really good time at the fights. Um, went out drinking at Bandit Brewery 
downtown Toronto afterwards over by where uh, my man Jimmy lives. So awesome times with those guys, uh, especially Jimmy, who I spent way more time with than Prez. Prez, like, was in and out in our area in, like, five minutes. But still, he showed up. He was on Twitter. He was like, I'm here. And we're like, yes, yeah, so are we. Find us, dude. And uh, so he did. He didn't He didn't shy away from the challenge of meeting human beings. So that was, that was pretty sweet. Um, next morning, uh, I woke up. I didn't have a hangover, which was impressive. And uh, made my way over to Canada's Wonderland for early entry. Got two rides on Behemoth. And then I kind of thought about going straight to um, Wonder Mountain Guardian. And then I kind of looked at it. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'll go this way. I went over to Leviathan and the line was long. And I just left after that. So I was in the park for like 30 minutes. Bounced. Um, <clears throat> drove downtown. Is there, uh, sorry, is there, are there brakes still hard on the mid course? Um, I don't think they were that bad. I don't know. Okay. It's not like it was a dead stop or anything like that. It wasn't. When I rode, they were practically a dead stop and that totally killed it for me for that ride. The, the trim brake is on, at least it felt like it was on pretty hard on the return run, uh, coming back towards the mid course from the first turnaround. But. Well, I'm used to those, so I don't really, they don't, you know, like I come to kind of expect those, but like a uh, really hard stop on the block brakes, nah. It's like a mental block. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, so drove up to uh, downtown Toronto you know, found a parking space, and uh, I skipped taking the ferry this time to Centerville. Uh, I didn't even realize that there were water taxis until I was walking past, and they had guys with signs being like, come take the water taxi. Water taxi is 10 bucks each way. Come take the water taxi. There's no wait. And I've been to Centerville on a busy weekend before, and I know it can be crowded. So I was like, well, you know what? If there's no wait, I'm going to give this a shot. So I took the water taxi over. The water taxi is basically on a, <clears throat> a pontoon boat, and you fly over there. You get from the pier at the the Westin uh, Harbor or Castle, whatever it's called, to Centerville Island in like seven minutes, whereas it's like a half hour trip on the on the boat on the the big ferry. So a huge time savings. Really, about the same amount of money is spent going that route versus taking the the ferry over. Um, got to the park, uh, bought a big thing of tickets for, for 26 Canadian. And, uh, I was given free juice boxes along with it, which was really good. Cause I was thirsty. <laughs> what? They were just like, do you want, do you want a juice box? I was like, okay. Yeah. They're like, how many do you want? I was like, oh, two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Two, two doesn't seem bad. Like, you know, like one doesn't seem like enough, but three sounds like, uh, too greedy. So two. yeah. Yeah. So two, two seems reasonable, you know, like that's like eight ounces of fluid. That's <laughs> bad. So uh, we're talking about like children's juice boxes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Children's juice boxes. That's so random. <laughs> they, just, they had like huge packages of them, like cases in cellophane behind them. The only thing I can guess is like they were planning to use them for some point earlier in the season and never did. Yeah, because you're talking about how they got flooded pretty bad this year. Yeah, so the the lake levels in Lake Ontario were extremely high this year. And the end result is that Centerville Island, which was supposed to open on June 1st, did not open until July 31st at all. 
um, revenue for the park and for the water taxis was down tremendously. The, the estimate that I heard when I when I heard it online was that the water taxi were down business wise uh, prior to the park opening about ninety five percent. That's pretty bad. Yes, that's, that's close. To, that's pretty close to one hundred percent. Like no money at all. Um, and Centerville is is a privately run park, and that's a, a concessionaire that runs it on behalf of the city. But they own all of the rides that are present there, and uh, it was it was a huge disaster for them. I think they lost six million dollars this year is what they're looking at. And one of the consequences of that is that they have a really great ten cell carousel that's there that has already been sold, and will be going to Indiana at the conclusion of the season. Um, that's a shame. It is a shame. It sucks. Yeah. They're they're going to get. I guess they're going to get some sort of new, you know fiberglass Italian carousel that won't be the same, but not even go American for a chance. Come on. Yeah. So it's, um, aside from that, they have a dark ride, haunted barrel works, which is not bad. It's actually a pretty good dark ride. As a matter of fact, I've always been surprised by it. that No one ever talked about it. Um, mm, the location is not exactly optimal for people to go. So I was like, I'm not even going to deal with that thing. But with the water taxi thing, that sounds like I'll do that. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, literally, like as long if you get there early enough in the day, right? I mean, if you got there, if you got there at twelve thirty when I got back, then the line was huge, it was a huge line. But it was I thought it was at first, yeah. But the big thing is, you know, if you get there early enough, it's you walk on the the taxi, you get over there, and then it's like, well, how do, when do you get back? Well, you have two options: you either call them, or you just walk back to where you got off the taxi, and just wait for them to show up. Like they just pulled up when I was walking back to it, so that was easy. Uh, they have like six or seven boats, so they constantly go back to the same pier. So all you have to do is just stand there and wait for them to show up, and then. Hand them ten bucks and go. Um, I had not been on their Myler Kitty Coaster, which uh, was new for the 2015 season. Um, they replaced the Zamperla Dragon. It's a Myler Kitty Coaster that's a little bit bigger than the Python Pit, but otherwise mechanically pretty much identical. And but does it do anything interesting? Because one of the newer ones I rode had like a double up it was gave some pretty good airtime actually uh, i don't recall it doing much of anything really interesting it has like the oh, same sort of curving okay. first drop there's like a hill helix some turns uh kind of that that like wavy um like trick trackish sort of end with the, the turnaround coming into the yep. brakes where it's got little hills kind of like the old riverside cyclone used to have sure just curious because yeah, you know I remember one the one at uh, Sonoma Train Town and that's with the last few years and it was kind of fun. So it's not like it's a bad ride. It's just you know it's not not a destination ride. Otherwise, I would have gone there a lot sooner than than just this year. Is it me or is it weird that when I have when I go on one of those newer ones that actually has a you know obviously a ratchet of you know ratcheting you know like yeah. teeth like that clicks when it does that, it doesn't feel as embarrassing for some reason <laughs> because it has the individual instead of that. The little yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You're not, 
you're not pulling a little pin. Instead, you're actually like, you're like, oh, this has got a real locking mechanism. This isn't as embarrassing as like, I don't know, whatever. Maybe that's how I'm trying to justify it in my head. Here's my here's my argument for the for the the pin. Okay. Yeah. Is when you have the pin and you get to the station, the ride stops. Oh, you can get off of it really quickly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm done. Out. <laughs> okay, I gotta go. I gotta find my self respect. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the train there right now is not running at that park because it goes off into the hinterlands at Centerville Island or at Toronto Island, uh, and and apparently it's, it's a mess. And um, they do have a new sky ride, a brand new sky ride that just opened. Oh, I'm sure going to be lovely. That's going to suck for them. They're probably they're probably not going to be able to make payments on that thing. That's that sucks. Well, yeah, I guess the carousel, right? right? I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, I guess their solution was the carousel. I mean, that's yeah. probably... I mean, if they just build a new ride... I, yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's... it's um, The park was popular, don't get me wrong. I mean, now that it's open, like... Even though a lot of people, like, when I was talking with Tobin, Tobin's like, isn't it flooded? Like, there's enough people that have heard that it's reopened that... There were big lines to get over there. Big lines. Do you think it's because people hadn't been able to go, or do you think that's how it is all the time? Whenever I've gone in the past, it's been doing great business. Okay. Always. I mean, okay. it's like it's like Central Park. You know what that is to New York, or Stanley Park to Vancouver, or uh, things of that nature. Like it's it's you know it's a great park. It's a really great park. It's a wonderful place uh, to go visit, but. You know, when when it's on the news that it's like, oh yeah, Centerville is covered in water, you can't go. So people are like, well, that's a disaster. I guess that's done with. And um, it's not like it's Ontario Place. You know, Ontario Place, which closed a few years ago and is over by the, the Canadian National Exhibition Fairgrounds, that place nobody went to. Right? That was That was the failing there. They built Know, all these new water slides, which ended up at Canada's Wonderland. Oh, okay. That's what I know I'd heard about, it, but I was like, what the heck is that? Did they have a coaster? I don't think so. They had a wacky worm for about five seconds. Oh, okay. Like, it's, it's on RCDB that they had a wacky worm, and then I got there the year that the wacky worm supposedly opened, and it was already gone. Uh, as a matter of fact, I ended up going the last weekend that place was ever open. I remember the last day was open, period. The big thing that they had was the log flume, which was this big, I think it was an O.D. Hopkins log flume that had like all sorts of theming elements to it. And they've actually not even removed it. They just filled it with rocks. Huh. Like, yeah, I've seen some pictures where you just see the trough and there's just rocks inside of it. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's gone. But like the station's still there. So, I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but... um. Well, I do know nobody went to Ontario Place. That was its problem. But Centerville has never had that issue. It's just now nobody's been able to go. And there's kind of this recognition that it's, it's kind of a disaster zone. So I feel really bad for them. Uh, it's a very nice park um, with a bunch of really cool stuff in it. The new Skyride is, I forget which European company built it, but it's a very nice looking Skyride. It's a long ride. It's about 15 minutes. It takes you over a channel. Uh, where you see people on kayaks and stuff underneath you. Theoretically, you could see 
yachts and stuff pulling into the marina. So I don't know. I like the place. Want to do well. That was the last park of the trip. Um, I could have gone to the Canadian National Exhibition, but I had all the credits already. I've been on all the coasters. It added nothing new that was substantive enough for me to justify uh, getting in an Uber, going down there. I did drive right past it, like right past it. I, I, my GPS did not give me proper lane guidance uh, to get out of Toronto. So I ended up going along the, the waterfront and that took me right by the gates, the PNE and, or the X as they call it, the exposition. And, um, it looked, it looked like it was doing good business, but <clears throat> you know, like I said, it didn't have anything that, that struck a chord with me ride wise. So I just didn't bother. That was probably my worst experience of a fair. Oh, it was a nightmare getting in. For the for the X? Oh, yeah. What happened with you with the X? Oh, it's just a nightmare finding parking, and they were full. Then we had parking like in the city and then taking a bus over. Oh, God, it was oh, terrible. Man. Yeah, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well. You got the credits, right? Uh, A couple oh, of them. Like, there was like a... There was like a 45 minute wait for a dragon wagon. Oh. <laughs> oh. I got the crazy mouse and I think a wacky worm, and I was like, I'm done. So. I, I would have told you it's the same rides that show up at the Big E. Okay. So that would have saved you a little bit of driving. But you were probably going to Canada's Wonderland anyways, and it was a bonus, right? We were coming from Canada's Wonderland. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So. I wish I really wish I had skipped that and gone to um, what's it called? Um, yeah, I'm looking at well, Wild Water and Wheels. Oh man! I really I wish I I really wish I had done that instead. Did you see my trip report from that yet? No, I guess I've missed that one, or I haven't gotten there yet. It's in there somewhere um, on on my old WordPress page. That thing's awesome. Yeah, uh, hopefully I don't think I would get Canada for a few years, but hopefully it's still there. So, well, it was replaced. They replaced the PVC pipe that used to be the track. <laughs> I don't think that one ever did. I think only one had PVC. I don't believe that one ever did. So, was, was that was the one that actually had PVC? The one that was in uh, like South Carolina was, or whatever? No, I think it was in Ohio or I don't know. Oh, you're right. It might have been the Sports City USA one. Yeah, that, that one I don't think lasted very long. The one no. in like North Carolina lasted pretty. Pretty long, I believe. Relatively. Um, yeah, and, and I know we're we're again getting long, and the people that are listening not even telling what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so this coaster that exists at Wild Water and Wheels, which, by the way, they were they were so nice that after I signed for buying my tickets for the ride, they let me keep the pen, so I have it in my car. <laughs> Wild Water and Wheels pen from Petersboro, Ontario, whatever. So it's it, it's again another place in like Nowheresville, Ontario that you've never heard of. Um, and this coaster, the, the, the diameter of the track was based on PVC pipe, which was originally going to be, was going to be used as the track for the coaster. They were going to have PVC pipe. That sounds like really good. Frame, I think, right? Yeah. And uh, obviously PVC pipe tended to bend, which is why they <laughs> stopped using it and used steel for installations like this one. But, in order to, when you get on the ride, you climb like a 40 foot platform and then 
you get on the ride there and the the ride vehicle is very similar to an alpine slide sled like yeah you know i haven't looked at one of those in a long time like the pictures i'm like well it's kind of like alpine coaster but more terrifying yeah there's no braking mechanism on it 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 Uh, just it it looks like a piece of fiberglass between two rails yeah yeah with some with some polyurethane wheels on it and uh and a little teeny tiny (laughs) seatbelt yeah that's it and it has it's it's pretty high up there it's not a baby ride at all and uh it's actually really fun uh i was surprised by how fun it was but it's a very strange, very, very strange ride. Uh, it's an auto sled. We built a Bailey, right? Bailey auto sled? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Bailey, it's the last Bailey auto sled in existence. There'll never be another one. And, uh, you know, these, these are the things that I cherish. These are the things that I love about the hobby. Like, is it as good as a B&M Hyper? No. But, man, you know, I've been on, like, 20 B&M Hypers. Yeah, these are weird. I like There's the only one of these. Dude, this is it. You ride this one, this is the only one that exists. And it, it's fun. Call me crazy, but as you know, I, I, I'm finally going to ride whatever the hell you call it. Big Manhattan Express, Big Apple Coaster, wh- or whatever the hell they're calling it these days in Las Vegas. I'm really excited to ride it. Because, first of all, it's the last token in the United States. And it's weird. So, you might ride. beat me up. But, uh, you know. I, I told you, I, we talked about it offline, and I love the layout for it. I love it. But, yeah, it's cool. I wish it was a better ride. Anyways. Anyways. Um, so that's going to conclude the summer trip report season, because we're not going to have any more trips to talk about for, for a little while. Well, I do, but I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a trip I kind of can't talk about, which is next week. Okay. And, uh, and then... Um, I'm not even really going to do any parks then, more than likely. So you know, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to shut out the fact that I could do parks, but I'm not going to, it's not really the purpose of the trip. Um, and then uh, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing after that. Like, I literally have no clue. None. I don't even know what I'm doing with my life, honestly. Oh. <laughs> until, until I go to the Middle East. <laughs> Okay. I'm doing I, I have no idea. i I don't know anything about my future at all. How about you, uh Alex? What, uh, what do you what do you have planned for the immediate and or distant future? Uh Labor Day weekend up to New England to do a bunch of credits and stuff like that. Um and then immediately following that Thursday following uh Labor Day weekend down to Florida for 10 days so excellent excellent oh and and up to alabama for one crazy day (laughs) to do ola oh uh, yeah hopefully it's still open on daily operation then oh we're going on a saturday so we should be good it'll be fine fine. so yeah i mean i I finally get down to that area for the first time ever last year right yeah every single credit in that area they haven't really built anything in the last let's say Five. We could go back ten years, and then one year later, there's six new credits. <laughs> Seriously, what the hell? That makes like, it was, like, we're gonna go to Waterville because you know it's right near. Oh, I'm like, 
I, I never thought I'd ever be back to Waterville the same exact next or the you know next year. So like like what? <laughs> <laughs> so and then this, I wanna, hobby, this hobby works in strange ways. Yeah, and then you know, I've been down to Florida a lot, but I had no rented a car, so I'm going to go credit running all around Florida. Oh. So the next time we talk, we're going to be talking about the uh, Andretti SPF coaster. Oh, yeah, I did ride another one of those. That's the only thing I pretty much did worth talking about. So. Oh, where, did, where did you ride an SPF at? Where didn't I? I mean, oh, that's right. you told me about this. You told me that. You... No, I'm just my joke is like there's probably yeah, one in your town. No, no. Before you know, it, there'll be one built in the town next over. <laughs> they, they, I, I swear, I don't think that they're fabricated. I think it's cell division. <laughs> I, I think they're a symbiote from an alien. And I think what happens is, at some point, you buy one, and, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah SPM Visa built it." Uh huh. And then, like one morning, you wake up and you, you go to the go to the office and look outside, and there's two more sitting there. You don't know where they came from, but you just know you have to get rid of them. So you're like, you're like, yeah, SPF Visa totally built this. Anyways, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was at uh, these two weekends have been, you know, not really doing a lot of coastering, just you know, quick trips to Dorney and Great Adventure. When I say quick trips, I mean like I go to Dorney for like an hour and a half, ride six coasters, get food, out. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I was down at the campground and uh my buddy and uh you know she's like okay i'll see you i'll see you in about two and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> so you know the park i was going to was uh as the crow flies literally like 24 miles away because because of geography was more like 50 miles away isn't, isn't that fun i love it oh yeah I yeah uh it's it's called fantasy island not martin's fantasy island just fantasy island um which i mean guess the other one's still fantasy island too but uh in beach haven new jersey uh cute little park uh, you know kind of portable or a kind of a permanent carnival feel but like all pavers and all that stuff very nice um but they got rid of their dragon coaster um and put a uh, SPF Vista in this year that opened uh, about two months ago called Hang 10 and uh, wrote it. Uh, had a little issue, though. Like, they uh, they used, like, first of all, they use, they use tickets. They use tokens for, like, you know, for, for rides. Yeah, yeah, which is like weird. I guess better because they re can reuse them instead of having to constantly reprint them. Yeah. Um. But uh, like they had like three operators for this thing. It was amazing. Like I, I walked up to it. I'm like, oh crap! It's like going to be like four cycles. This is going to take forever. Like I got on in like literally like five minutes. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. Uh, but no, like they the one operator who's taking all the tickets. He actually pre-takes all the tokens, and the people in front of me didn't have enough tokens. They were one short, and in between uh, him getting the extra two tokens. He collected my tokens and totally forgot about that he collected. So I get up to the thing. He's like, tokens, please. I'm like, I gave them to you. He's like, no, I didn't. And I'm like, yes, you did. The people in front of me didn't have enough tokens. I gave you your to my tokens. And then uh, they gave you the rest of the tokens. He's like, 
oh, oh, okay. Now I remember. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was about to like, I used for once I used a cash instead of a credit card. Like I like was like, no, this isn't happening. I'm not paying, I'm not paying another six dollars to ride this thing. <laughs> Uh, he was cool. Uh, kind of a non-spinning ride, so that kind of sucks. They, they can be really intense, and they can be kind of dull. It really just depends on the weight distribution. Like, I had one with my buddy where, like, it was through, like, one cycle, we probably spent, like, ten times. It was ridiculous. It was awesome. <laughs> but uh, then you can get one where you don't spin once. So, but, uh, yeah. And then I got off, and the guy apologized again. Like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. And I was like, no harm. I got on it. No big deal. Yeah. That's so That's what counts. Yeah, and then with that, uh, I I think for the first time ever, completed New Jersey credit wise of everything that's open. So, actually, yeah, work. That's a hard state to complete, man. There's a lot there, man. There's it's a, a hard state to complete, and there's one that's uh, standing not operating, and then there's one that hasn't opened yet. So, which is the one that hasn't opened yet? Oh, the, uh, the Miler at uh, yep, 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 yep. At, uh, not Gillian's, but uh, Playland. Yeah, I'm gonna step you by know? there tomorrow. Actually, uh, um, I'm gonna go Hurricane Harbor tomorrow, and then uh, make my way down the moors just to photograph for like a few hours, probably like probably like five hours. Um, but on the way down, I'm probably gonna stop. I want to ride Gale Force again. So, what's what's the SBNO? Uh, Alpine Coaster at uh, Mountain Creek. Oh, that's right. The Action Park one. Yeah. I don't know what's on with that. Like, my theory is, without knowing anything, is maybe the state of New Jersey wants them to add those, that magnetic, you know, the braking. Yeah, I don't know either. That's Or maybe they just don't, because it's the only one that's in New Jersey, isn't it? Yeah, it's really annoying that uh, you have to actually have to buy admission to the water park to, and then on top of that, then, you know, pay for the ride it's right. inside the gate at least it's so. like one of those water parks that has like tons of concrete water slides which is always yeah fun. no i really want to go and like uh, you know i wasn't a water park guy up until a few years ago and then i got really into holiday world and then i kind of like explored more water parks and you know if it's got something unique i'll go um but uh yeah i was like ready to go and then like oh it's not operating oh crap well, i guess i'll now wait again so <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, this jogged my memory that I, I actually went to Cedar Point, too. What? Coming back from Waltemere. Yeah, I forgot about that. How did that go? Uh, I rode Blue Streak once. Okay, good, and, good choice. And I cashed, like, four years' worth of tickets. At the Jesus Christ. I had a sack, like a literal, like, like a... a, a I don't want to say it was a gallon bag, but a quart bag, probably, filled with tokens from... Uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh my god, I was about to say I have a gallon bag of Wizard of Oz stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had probably maybe like a five month period that I was completely obsessed with that game and like any park wherever I went to, I would play it. It, it got pretty bad. And at, at some point I'm like, I, I'm just why? <laughs> <laughs> I uh we we kind of I think we played for we played like a very minor amount because I I was well actually no I wanted to play more because earlier in the season they had like an HD dash cam I'm okay. like oh, something I could actually use <laughs> and uh, it was like four thousand eighty tickets and we counted up 
like we, we did like a rough count and I was at around 3,800. So I was like, well, let's come back and I'll play like, you know, 10 bucks worth and that'll be easy. And then we got back uh, to cash in all these tickets and sure enough, it wasn't there anymore. So we're like, oh great, now what would we do? Like, that was the, that was the only thing that we wanted. Now, now what? Um, and I remember we bought like a, a washer game, something else. I don't I don't even recall what it was. A what game? Like the, the game where like you throw washers into like a a cup. Okay. Kind of like cornhole, but not. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's. <laughs> it was it was like it was kind of defeatist like i i'd found all these slips from years years past like they were barely legible and i felt bad for the girl that i handed all this stuff to because it was like literally like 30 slips you know ranging from like seven tickets to like 500 and then a bag of token you know those little plastic you know the plastic tokens are yeah, yeah, yeah. and cards and i was like here you go Bring these up for me. She was like, "Oh man, what'd you get?" Oh, you st- oh, you told me. I forgot. Sorry. I got that, and I got one other thing, and I don't even know what it was. Oh, I, actually, I can't remember what it was. You know what? You know what? You know what happened to me? I finally looked at the prize counter, and I'm like, "There's, there's not even a reward here." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like. Okay, I'm, I'm like having fun playing the game, but at that's the point. Then I realized. But what am I going to do with these? It's like, it's like me and my fascination tickets. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I was on fascination for a hot minute, pretty much. But then I realized they're just so terrible at the game that, you know, I had fun. I spent a couple, probably about like 20 bucks. You know, I've got about 500 some odd tickets for fascination. Hmm. And it's not even my buddy Kyle and his wife who are also, you know, prodigious players of Fascination. He goes now for the entire Fall Fun Fest weekend. He's there from Thursday till till end of day Sunday. No, well, I usually do Thursday to Saturday morning or something like that. So, so he, I want to say they have like twelve or thirteen hundred. Which you know, the biggest prize that they have at Fascination at Knobles is like three forty. Oh, okay. Get that lamp. Yeah, like a really garish lamp. Or maybe a New Kids on the Block poster, which I once saw buried somewhere in the pile of items. I know. Um, Anyways, I I completely forgot that I'd gone gone on Blue Street my way home from uh, Waldemir, but I did do that, and that was super fun. Um, So anyways, where can we find you on Twitter? Coaster Spotting. We'll do this again soon, because... At this point, I'm just gonna like might as well just be like the co-host. Like okay. The co-host. The second podcast. Yeah, the second podcast co-host is Alex. And yeah, Alex. yeah, yeah. And we do a show, pretty much like the same stuff, so it works out. Yeah, and yeah. I guess next week we probably t- or next time we probably talk about everything that gets announced. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking because we get Six Flags announcements a week from. Yeah, we can today. just talk about everything that already happened, all the Cedar Fair stuff. So it was a quick, quick, you know, rundown. Cedar of Fair, we've got Legoland, so. we've got... Legoland? Which one? California, today. Oh. What? Oh, okay, I don't even know what's happened. All right, never mind. we got a submarine dark ride. So. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's something. A little something, something. Anyways, we'll talk more about it next time.
So All right, cool. Thanks yeah. for listening, everyone. Yep.